0: It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Cavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional
1: Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just well, welcome to Dishing down, Up Nutrition. Stops, I'm Darlene Kvist, licensed nutritionist. And, and I thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a friend or an aunt or a mother or a father or a child with prediabetes or diabetes, give them a call. Get them to listen to the show today because, this is interesting, one out of three people today are either diabetic or will become diabetic if they don't change their food choices. Mm. Actually, 39% of the population are diabetic or pre-diabetic. And guess what? It isn't getting any better. Experts tell us in nine years, one half of the population will be diabetic unless people get some life-changing nutritional information. When I think of 2020, I realize my granddaughter Willow will be 18 years old. (laughs) And hopefully heading off to college to become a grand artist. Oh, for sure. Or a teacher (laughs) or maybe a nutritionist. (laughs) And I'm sure she will not be diabetic because she already likes eating real food. Mm -hmm. Meat. She loves meat and vegetables and butter. You know, many of you have heard me say that if I ate cereal, bread, pasta, drink pop or beer, snacked on chips or pretzels... I would have become diabetic 20 years ago. You know you're in trouble when you're around maybe 50 years old and your doctor tells you that your fasting blood sugars are now in the diabetic range or close to it. So you better start worrying. It seems every relative on my mother's side of the family had diabetes, so I have the genetics that could predispose me to it just to, you know, For sure. Mm -hmm. I'm proud to say, and I am proud to say this, that I don't have diabetes. Mm -mm. But that is only because I truly understand that processed carbohydrate connection to the disease. And today I want to teach you all about that connection. So I've invited Kristen Gunderson, one of our nutrition educators, who not only teaches our class called Avoiding the Diabetes Epidemic with Real Food, but has a personal reason to help people avoid diabetes. Kristen, would you kind of be willing to share why you're so passionate about teaching others about controlling blood sugar? Oh, for sure. I would would love to. Good morning to to you. Good
0: morning. (laughs) Beautiful morning. A little cool, but it's a very beautiful morning out there. So yes, I have a very personal connection to diabetes and wanting people to avoid it and Um, when I hear that you went to the doctor and they warned you of what was happening and you took steps to manage it, um, it makes me very happy for you and very sad for my grandma because I could only imagine the conversations maybe that went on. Um, she, she was diabetic, Um, I didn't know about it until it was too late, but we lost her at the age of 74. Oh, my gosh. And that's so young. It is. It's so young and um, very preventable. Um, And she was just so dear to me. And if uh, she had taken the, you know, the information from the doctor and went one direction in the direction of correcting it, um, which I know she tried, but she was not given good information. Right. Not at all. The low fat, you know, diet soda that will help your blood sugars. And, um, you know, if anybody's listened to the show once, they know that that's bad news for
1: all of us, mostly for people with diabetes. So you that's. Know, Kristen, I remember when you were in teacher training mm-hmm. and you talked about this and yep. I think maybe you even talk about it in our other classes. Yep. Is that you were you were really frustrated you know, even with how you're you well, you didn't even know no though, did you Mm-mm.
0: no, I didn't, and I think that she kept that kept it from me because such a huge part of our relationship was surrounding food and baking, and I was her little assistant chef in the kitchen, and we would make cookies and cakes, and we would play gin rummy until midnight and drinking root beer and archway cookies, and I think that she just She just felt like if I knew that she wasn't supposed to be doing that, maybe it would kind of put a kink in all of her fun. I don't know. (laughs) I would scold her. I don't know. I just was never privy to that until it was too late.
1: Unless she didn't really understand the health consequences of high blood sugars. And I think that's part of it. People... They kind of like, they kind of know, but they really don't understand it at a deep enough level to make those changes. Right. So you were kind of frustrated and, uh, well, you've been pretty upset about that. Oh, yeah. And you really want to educate people now. Well, you know, I have a similar story about my youngest brother. He's been diabetic for about 15 years. Mm. And he also has the same genetics as I do. But in additional, he was exposed to Agent Orange when he was in Vietnam as a mm. as a soldier. Ooh. You know, he was injured in the war, came home with pieces of metal in his back oh. and he was not able to sleep. <laughs> you know, and so what did he do? He turned to potato chips and alcohol yep. for sleep because that numbed him. Yep. And it would it did help him sleep, sort of. <laughs> Knocked him out. Yeah. So he got too much sugar in the alcohol and chips, and people don't even realize that when they're eating that bag of chips, they're taking in a lot of sugar. Yep. They kind of do with alcohol, but they had no he had no idea he was eating that much sugar in the chips. So, of course, in a few years, he gained weight. You know, but when he came back from Vietnam, he was very thin. Oh, yeah. You know, he became insulin resistant and diabetic. So what's happened to him today? He has high cholesterol, he has high blood pressure, he has gout, he has memory loss, he has lots of aches and pains, and he has to do insulin shots. No.
0: Oh. Well, and
1: he's my younger brother. Right,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and neither of these cases paint a very pretty picture. I mean, it's taking someone you love and it's really ravaging their health. And this is something that's predictable and that's uh, preventable um, and kind of predictable once you mm-hmm. know what's happening. But it's just so disheartening um, that both my grandma and Dar's brother, they really needed a very comprehensive nutritional program and plan. And it should have been available to them from the very beginning of the disease. Right. Yeah. Or even before they got it. Exactly. So that's what we want to do today. We want to give you an approach to eating that's going to keep you from developing diabetes. We we get it that a lot of people, you know, most people, love sugar, processed carbs. They taste good. You know, <laughs> I mean, and sure. you can make
1: anything taste good when it's in a lab, right? So, <laughs> so Kristen, it's kind of interesting. As you know, this is fall. And so this is like apple orchard time. Oh, right. Yeah. So what pops up into my brain is <laughs> apple crisp. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, I just don't, I'm not a sugar person to begin with, mm-hmm. but apple crisp. Yep. And so, but then I say, oh no. <laughs> forget it right yeah because apple crisp has sugar in it mm-hmm. well isn't it funny yeah the apple orchard
0: trips everyone gets all fired up but I think what they're they're not thinking of the apples they're thinking of the pies and the yes. carameled apples and the crisps <laughs> and the little roll up things that they have and yeah it's kind of funny
1: so you know it's kind of interesting when we when we take in extra carbs mm-hmm. it's it's kind of scary, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a slippery slope. And it it really makes it easy to fall into the disease of diabetes.
1: You know, I have a perfect example of how not to feed your kids to prevent diabetes. (laughs) Tuesday night, I went to my kettlebell class in White Bear Lake, which is held in the same building that ice skating lessons are taught. Mm -hmm. For some reason, all the kids taking classes were being fed a meal at the skating rink. Hmm. Kristen, guess what they were, was on the menu? Mm. Oh gosh! Huge pieces of cake. <laughs> I mean, huge pieces of cake. Uh oh. High fructose corn syrup, sweetened juice, mm. and pizza. I thought, no wonder so many kids are diabetic. Oh yeah. So, let's figure out how much sugar they actually ate in that meal. Yep. Well, you—it's know, surprising to people, isn't it? But pizza. You know what is a how much sugar is in a slice of pizza about? What would you guess? Hmm. Yeah, if the,
0: if I didn't know, I would think pizza. Well, that's not sweet, so not very much. But in reality, it's the carbs yes. that turn into sugar in your body, so
1: you end up with 12, Twelve te- teaspoons yeah. of sugar. Yeah. And then you think of that little thing, a pouch of juice. Yeah. You know, at least nine teaspoons mm-hmm. of sugar and the cake. Ugh had to have at least 20 teaspoons of sugar or more. Oh, my gosh. So that's a total of 41 teaspoons of sugar. That is almost a pint of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> All about right. that. We need to take a break a on break. that note. Okay.
0: <laughs> so. A break time. Yes. So we are going to take a break.
1: So, um... If, you know, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, you know, if you or a family member is at risk for becoming diabetic or you'd like to help a family member with diabetes manage his or her condition better, now through the end of November, you can take Avoid the Diabetes Epidemic with Real Food, that's a class, with a friend or a family member and pay only $25, $25 for the two of you. Wow. So here's an idea. Pay for yourself and your friend is free. Or pay for your friend and you're free. <laughs> and when we come back from break, uh, Kristen will fill you on, in on details of, you know, about the class. And so if you have questions about diabetes this morning, give us a call here at 651-641-1071. And we'll be back in a minute. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering MyTalk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438.
0: Watching the clock, it's 4 o'clock. It's got to stop till No more. She her All right. Thank you. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. As Dar mentioned before the break, she was talking about our wonderful two-hours diabetes prevention class. So when I read that 39% of the population was pre-diabetic or diabetic, Dar decided as a company that we had to do something about it. So we decided we were going to try to influence as many people as we could by offering the class at a two-for-one special, as she mentioned. So that way we could have all sorts of people coming in. You could bring that loved one that you know needs to hear this information with you um, to class and a two-for-one deal. So I want to just mention what some of these um, times and locations are. We've got in our our Lakeville location Thursday, October 13th. That'll be 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. At our Wyzetta location, it's going to be Saturday, October 22nd from 1 to 3 p.m. So we're kind of offering a lot of different times here. Our St. Paul location is going to be Tuesday, October 25th, 630 to 830. And at our North Oaks location, Friday, October 28th from 12 to 2. We are also going to be extending this through November. So those dates, um, you could check that out on our website at weightandwellness.com.
1: So we were talking about foods with sugar before we went on break. And, Kristen, you are doing something special tomorrow, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, tomorrow
0: um, I will be running the Twin Cities Marathon, as apparently thousands of us are going to be out there. Um, But we know, I mean, just clinically, that even if you do um, something like a marathon, you could also, your body, it just can't process as much sugar as we typically take in. Not as much as
1: (laughs) 41 teaspoons.
0: In one shot. Yeah, that's not going to work. So back to what Dar was talking about with these kids, you know, the sugar in the pizza and the cake and the juice creates excess sugar in our body, which calls for insulin to come out and rebalance your blood sugar. But obviously there's too much there for that poor insulin to work with. But that leads to insulin resistance, which leads to prediabetes, and that leads to diabetes.
1: So we're not saying, are we, Kristen, we're not saying that if you have one gigantic piece of birthday cake or cake or whatever, one time, once a year, right? that you're going to be, become diabetic. Nope. Nope. It's a... It's just a lifelong habit
0: kind of a buildup. You know, if... I think this disconnect, we were talking about this earlier, there's this disconnect. It's just so off in the future what could happen to you that you just aren't even thinking about it.
1: And it seems like every social situation, yeah. even like the skating lessons, yeah, what involves high sugar, high carbohydrate foods these days. Mm-hmm. It's the chips, it's the cake, it's the pop, it's the beer. Mm-hmm. And how many people, now if you really think about this, how many people <laughs> actually go to the movie For the movie, or do they go for the treats? (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people go, they buy popcorn, theater-sized dots, or one of those other kinds of candies, Mm -hmm. and a big soda. Right. So let's break that down a little bit. (laughs) Yes. What are they doing
0: there? Yeah. So the dots have about 48 teaspoons of sugar. Wow. The popcorn, what? Just Mm -hmm. a, a box of dots. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's ridiculous. Well, and why do people pick those dots usually? Because they're sweet. Well, and they're fat free. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. that's right. They think they're healthy, Yes, the healthier candy, you know, but yes, they are sweet. Someone in class one time answered me, because they're colorful. <laughs> <laughs> so happy. I said, yeah, but you're sitting in the dark. You can't see them. So the popcorn, if you get a regular size bag of theater popcorn, we've got 50 teaspoons of sugar. So
1: about the same as the candy. Wow. You know, but people think. Yeah, they think popcorn and there's actually some weight loss programs out there that will encourage people to eat popcorn. With their diet soda. <laughs> yes. And then the soda has about
0: 32 teaspoons of sugar.
1: And that's not that's not a small can. No. That's the big, what they sell at theaters. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I when you're wanting to go to a movie and have treats and kind of zone out, you're not buying the small. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you want volume. And you're oftentimes rewarded for that. You know, it's cheaper.
1: Yes. Or you can get refills. Yes. Not that I know. (laughs) This is a long time ago. So the average American eats about 55 teaspoons of sugar every day. Average, yeah. That's more than a pint of sugar every day. Yeah. And when we show that in class, it just... Boggles people's minds, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: well, they, and we do show the visual, and it's just frightening because, again, that's the average. We just told you what people could sit down and do at a movie theater. That's an afterthought. You know, that's not a meal. They've probably had all the rest of their food for the day. Yes. And then they're sitting down to that. So when we say 55 teaspoons, that's the average. You and I don't eat like that. There's no. lots of us that listen to this radio show that don't eat like that. So someone's eating double, triple our share. To get that to the national average. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to explain type 2 diabetes so listeners kind of can have an understanding of how they need to eat to avoid it. We've kind of given you some clues here. Don't go to the movies. Don't take ice skating (laughs) lessons. (laughs) Um, But normal blood sugar levels should actually stay between 70 and 95 all day. All right. So when you do that, you are going to be aging appropriately. Yep. Um, this, this is a really an anti-aging plan, too. It is. I mean, it stresses your body out to be doing all this stuff to it constantly. So when we eat a meal, all of the carbohydrates in that meal, whether they were good or bad, break down into glucose or blood sugar. Same, same word. So if you eat chicken, green beans, and rice, the green beans and rice are going to break down into glucose.
1: So the next step is when the glucose from the carbohydrates enters the bloodstream, insulin is released from the pancreas to carry the glucose into the cells. So it may be your muscle cells or it may carry it into your liver cells or the cells in your heart. So a little bit of glucose, you know, from those green beans and a little bit of insulin and your cells have fuel and energy. It's similar to filling your car's gas tank. Mm -hmm. You know, you put the hose into the tank, you lift the lever and pump, and the gas fills the tank, and your car has energy again. Mm -hmm. You know, pretend your car runs on glucose. The insulin pumps the glucose into the cells so your cells actually have energy to run. It makes perfect sense. So... The problem becomes when
0: we have insulin resistance, there's actually a coating over the insulin receptor. So very little glucose can make its way into the cell. So your cells have little energy
1: and not enough fuel. So now think about that. Um, Pretend, just pretend that you're filling your gas tank and someone comes along and puts a piece of cloth over the fuel spout. So less fuel gets in. And you drive off, but you can't go very far (laughs) because your tank is basically empty. Mm. The engine just won't run because it's out of gas. The same problem happens with your cells. No glucose, no energy, no fuel for healing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's a really good visual. I mean, just kind of go back and think about all this as... You know, when you, when you step up to fill your car the next time <laughs> and you say, okay, so you certainly are not wanting to overfill it, are you? No. Because then it all splashes out on the cement below your feet. A big mess. <laughs> and that's a kind of exactly when you eat that big piece of cake, mm. that is so much glucose in that big piece of cake that it's like it's spilling out all over and is not getting into your cells. And that's what actually causes the problems because that spilled out extra glucose gets turned into body fat, actually. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that gets turned into is triglycerides. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So you
0: just talked about processed carbs affecting your cholesterol, basically. Exactly. Not Eggs. Eggs, that's right. (laughs) So So it's not the cloth that you're talking about that clogs the cells. It's the coating made from the excess sugar, insulin, and even trans fats that we're consuming. Yep. So should we take a quick little break here? Sure. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I want to share some important research about the link between sugar-sweetened beverages like Sodas, fruit juices, iced teas, energy drinks, vitamin water, even coffee, mochas, the link between those drinks and diabetes. So there's this nurse's health study from Harvard Medical School. Eight additional studies are supporting this, um, and there's about a total of 300,000 people found that those who drank one to two servings of these beverages a day had a 26% higher risk of developing diabetes. So the juicy juice, even if it's 100% juice, um, the chocolate milks, the mm-hmm. Gatorades at the bus stop, um, appears to be a high-risk way of drinking for kids. And who would have thought of that?
1: Right. Who would have thought you that know, chocolate milk and Gatorade were high-risk be- uh, beverages? Yeah, they sure are. Or even the juice. Right. Well, Exactly.
0: So if you guys have questions today, give us a call, 651-641-1071.
1: You know, I also have some research to share, Kristen. Yes. And it's a research study about diabetes. This study actually tracked 85,000 women and 42,000 men for 12 years. Mm. And they found those who consumed about 400 milligrams of of magnesium had a 33% lower risk of developing diabetes. Hmm. They even found magnesium supplementation of about 365 milligrams a day lowered insulin resistance and fasting blood sugar levels. So magnesium glycinate has many other benefits, as we've talked about Mm -hmm. many times on the show. You know, it helps with muscle cramps. It helps with charley horses. It helps all those marathoners tomorrow so yeah. that they don't develop those muscle cramps. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's a miracle supplement <laughs> yeah. actually. It helps with PMS cramps, sleep problems, restless legs, irregular heart rhythms. Um, you know, it's just a wonderful, wonderful mineral. It and really so is. many people are oh about sixty five percent of the population is actually depleted today in that mineral. And even more kids. I think it's something like 75, 80% of kids are depleted in magnesium these days. Uh, Because normally we would get magnesium from meat and nuts, things that we've been told not to eat. Sure. I mean, some people have told us, but we know that that's not the truth. Exactly. So should we take a call? Absolutely.
0: All right. Hi, Ginger. Thank you for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question on sugar and its connection to ADHD?
2: Yes, I do. My 4-year-old was um, diagnosed ADHD combined this year, and I'm concerned he's addicted to sugar. I mean, it's all he wants. It's a... And um, I admit I give in sometimes, but it, it just seems to be the... First
1: thing, I mean, in the morning, he wakes up and he's like, "I want ice cream." Well, usually, you know, Ginger. I, I, usually, yeah. when kids have this ex, extreme cravings for sugar, usually what's going on is they have been on antibiotics for, say, ear infections or strep or something, and they have actually, because of the antibiotics, kill off good bacteria. Certainly, it kills off bad bacteria, but because it kills off the good bacteria in our intestinal tract, it sets up intense cravings for sugar. So I don't know if that's a scenario that he's had antibiotics for, you know, even minor infections. And sometimes for some kids it takes many rounds of antibiotics for this to happen, but for some kids it's just like one round, and that happens. So, you know, another thing that sometimes kids are very, very deficient in the mineral zinc, and when that happens... And this happens for adults, too. When you have low zinc, um, that's some, one of the main min, minerals in your appetite center. And so when you're low in zinc, sometimes you have this intense cravings for sugar. So I think, you know, I would say maybe come in for a nutritional consultation with him so that you can get the biochemical reasons that he's craving sugar. Because you just can't say no, because right. it's... it's it's part of his biochemistry. You've got to get that balanced. So does that make any sense to you? Oops. Yeah,
2: it it does. I Yeah, I'm just concerned that um, the sugar is affecting his um, ADHD. Oh it, oh, it
1: for sure I'm, is. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: He's not getting enough. I worry every day he's just not getting enough real nutrition sure
1: yes sounds like yeah and sometimes we have to kind of uh set it up in kind of a game or a trick it's not really trickery but it's making the the three (laughs) she's not she's (laughs) not opposed to that so you know we we do you know we make meat meatloaf muffins we make you know we make things that are kid friendly and pretty soon they're eating those things
2: Okay, I would love to come in. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Ginger. <laughs> Very
1: good. So shall we take another caller? Yes, sure. Okay. Hi
0: Deborah. Thank you for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You wanted some food suggestions?
2: Well, right. Um, you know, I love that analogy that you did with the with the car and I understood that. Um, I'm kind of a real thin gal, um, just by nature. I've always been thin. Mm-hmm. And I always had my donuts and my pastries and whatnot. And at a point, it would give me quite a bit of energy. And then um, I'm 48 or 49 now. And um, sometimes, if I have trouble sleeping, or if I definitely have to have a nap, I'll go and have like a piece of cake, a really big piece of cake, and it'll put me right to sleep. Oh, yeah. And I kind of wanted to know why. Well, that's (laughs) because how uneducated. I am, is I need to know why. Why? And because? Then...
1: Okay, go ahead. Well, the reason why is that you, even though you're thin, you have some insulin resistance. And so the sugar is not getting into your cells any longer to give you energy. And it's actually floating in your bloodstream and making your insulin resistance worse. And it's also raising your triglycerides and also increasing some body fat for you. But it basically for you, it's not getting in the cells for energy. There's been a breakdown in in what's happening for you. So you actually actually get more energy from eating protein. What did you say, Deborah? I'm sorry?
2: Yes, I definitely do. But it it actually puts me to sleep within, say, 5 to 10 minutes. Well, would
0: her blood sugar be affected that quickly? Would it spike
1: and then crash that fast that It, it would be knocking her out? It could be. But I think... You know, realistically, uh, I I hear that from a lot of people, is that sugar just knocks them out. It's sort of like what my brother realized early on in his life. Is if he ate chips that turned into sugar and drank alcohol, that would knock him out. And he could, you know, sleep for a couple of hours. Not restfully. But not restfully. No. It's a very good point, Kristen. Yeah. Yes. So,
2: you my know. Other okay, go ahead. My question was that... Um, Now that I know what to say to avoid, and boy, those visuals, the pint of sugar, et cetera, um, is very helpful, Um, but could you say how how a healthy body, um, you know, works on the natural foods that where you're getting the glucose and, you know, kind of go through a list of a, you know, a short list of things, a direction that we can go if we're not going to be having the well, dots and yeah. the popcorn. <laughs> well, I mean... Not you're, necessarily at the movies.
1: Okay, not necessarily at the movies. I was going to say, you know, you take almonds to the movies, but <laughs> almonds in bottle water. Of water. Yep. But, um, you know, maybe what you think in terms of is you think vegetables, and vegetables have a little bit of glucose in them, but not very much, but enough, basically, all that our cells really need. And so that gets uh, carried into your cells better. And then you reduce that coating or that insulin resistance on your cells. Um, So always go for vegetables, basically. And I think, um, you know, the green vegetables are great. They have less carbohydrates. But you can also do some things like winter squash and parsnips and, and, you know, things like wild rice and things like that. And that works fine, too. So it's getting back to eating real food. And you mm-hmm. always want to eat them with some kind of healthy fat like butter or olive oil because that actually stabilizes your blood sugar longer. And, right, I've heard you say that. Yeah, it keeps that. And and actually you get more nutrients out of your vegetables if you combine it with some fat.
2: And would you say that the same, just speaking strictly of the glucose, am I getting the same um, value whether they're cooked or raw?
1: Oh, sure. Sure, yeah, okay. you're getting the same, sure. And
0: then you did okay. say, Deborah, that you are eating protein?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Good, okay.
0: good animal protein? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. great.
2: Good, yeah. we appreciate the call because yeah, I you. think you, you know. Thank you very much, gals. I love the show. I wake up whether I have to or not. Oh. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> So, Kristen, our goofy visuals are good. Yes, they are. <laughs> they pay off. They're wonderful. So let's kind of go back because we were talking about, you know, we're talking about the car and the putting the cloth over mm-hmm. the fuel and, how, you know, how that is happening with our cells. Mm-hmm. So we were saying that it is
0: not, in fact, the cloth that's clogging your cells. It's this excess sugar. Um, The insulin, the trans fats, so that would be things like hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated oils that we're taking in. Um, So it's the same type of crust, if you could think about it, as that crust on some of those hard breads that are out there. So it's a crust like that with a soft center. So some bread crusts are very hard, and that's what the insulin resistance crust on the cells is exactly like. So lack of glucose into the cells... And just spilling out over into your bloodstream, this is type 2 diabetes.
1: You know, when I uh, was at a seminar one time and I heard a speaker talk about this crust over the bread Mm -hmm. being the same as the crust over the insulin receptors, that was such a great visual for me. And that I could just see it because they said, you know, you need a little bit of sugar to make that crust. Mm -hmm. and, And then you put a little bit of butter on there to make that crust. Or something like that. And that's exactly but what we put on there to make that crust is lots of sugar. Yeah. And like you said, the trans fats or the bad fats, the refined oils. Yeah. And and then a little bit of insulin. And then we've got a hard crust and the again the insulin can't carry the sugar into the cells. So then a type two diabetic typically is lower in energy. Oh yeah. Plus there's a lot of other stuff that goes on. Right. Yeah, so yep. is do we need a break time? Sure, is it time
0: for that. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I invite you to join me next Saturday morning. Um, I'm going to be teaching a class in Wayzata that I just love. It's called Nutrition for Peak Performance. So as we mentioned earlier, you know that Twin Cities Marathon is out there tomorrow, and so many people. Um, Hopefully are understanding that connection between what they're eating and how well they're going to perform. Um, so if you are looking to be training for something coming up, um, if you are a golfer, a tennis player, an avid walker, whatever. How about an ice skater? An ice skater, <laughs> please. <laughs> Kettlebell enthusiast. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to want to improve your training um, and support it by with what you're eating. I mean, if you're going to be working hard like this, it only makes sense to be supporting that training with good nutrition. So peak performance all goes back to what you're eating, and we can guide you to the best plan. Sign up at weightandwellness.com or call 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Issue
2: Net Nutrition. You know, we've been
1: talking about our avoiding the diabetes epidemic ske- uh, uh, class that we've scheduled in October. And I just want to remind people, you know, most of our classrooms, they seat about 25 people. So I would say sign up today. Don't wait around. <laughs> if you want to take one of these classes because, you know, suddenly they're full yep. and then people are kind of upset because they can't get in. So, right. So should we take a couple of callers, or one at least? Hi
0: there, Celeste. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have some questions on insulin issues?
2: I do. Um, I was just listening to the last caller who said that sugar now just puts her straight to sleep, and Mm -hmm. you were saying that that's probably because she's somewhat insulin-resistant. Her cells are insulin-resistant, and the sugar is just going into the bloodstream. So I'm wondering... I, I, I feel like I have that same issue now, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what can you do, how dangerous is it at that point, and how do you start to flip it back to normal? That's
1: a wonderful mm-hmm. question, wonderful. What you basically, and this is what we teach in our classes, you have to become aware of how many carbohydrates you're taking in, the foods that are high in carbohydrates, and we've kind of talked about that this morning with the dots and the popcorn and the soda. So you get rid of those things. And then you get rid of the the things that have trans fats in them. So you get rid of the muffins, yeah, because they have trans fats. And you start eating healthy fats like olive oil, nuts, um, olives, butter, those things, because that will help to uh, to kind of eliminate that crust and heal and heal. Yeah. And then you do that on a consistent basis, and you eat you know five or six times a day, so that you're never putting too much glucose into your, to try to get too much glucose into your cells at one time. So you never have an overactive insulin response. And that's how you do it. And it just takes, and and some exercise, Mm -hmm. you know, things like, and I do kettlebells and I do that because, for that reason, because it helps to reduce insulin resistance. You have to do some type of exercise, especially something that's working your muscles. You're getting resistance on your muscles and that helps. So all those things that we know, you know, you don't drink pop, you drink water. I mean, all those basic things. But honestly, we understand that it's a slower process and people need encouragement. And that's why people keep taking our classes Mm -hmm. because other people are doing it and they they get ideas even from other people in the class. But that's a great question. And we appreciate you calling in today. Thank you, Celeste. Yeah, thank you and I think that's
0: a really good point, that it takes time and it takes diligence. I mean, you can't, like we were talking about earlier, if, if somebody ate a piece of cake and they got diabetes in an hour, no one would have diabetes. That's right. Because it's an immediate yeah. um, immediate response. But it's, it's the whole kind of longitudinal, well, the, the risk of this is put off. Right, exactly. And it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with people.
1: So, you know, realistically, you know, as parents and grandparents, we know that a man-sized piece of cake that, that was at the skating rink, and that was huge, And pizza and juice, it's not good, it's not a good meal for our kids. No. So, why do we serve it?
0: Well, again, it's that disconnect. I, I really hope there aren't people out there that honestly think that's a healthy choice. Um, if you do, please sign up for some kind of a class that we hold. Um but there's that disconnect, and we really have to start thinking in terms of: Is this, you know, one of my good friends always talks about this? Is this going to hurt me or is this going to help me? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got to be those daily choices of well, hey, what's this doing for me right now? Because they build up on each other. And I was I had the pleasure of being at a company this week um, called Eaton in Eden Prairie, and I saw this in action. They are just trying to make their employees aware. ...of their food choices. Oh, great. Because they get that the more healthy their employees are, the more productive they're going to be. Their insurance costs are going to go down. Yes, exactly. You know, and so they've got this thing in their cafeteria where they have color-coded food choices. Okay. So green is good, red is not so great, and there's a middle one. I think it was yellow. And um, they even take it one step further uh, because a lot of times people are like, well, the good choices are always the most expensive. They incentivize backwards, so they make the bad food choices the um, most expensive. Really? Great. Yeah, and the healthy choices are the least. Isn't that cool? Oh, that's great. I was so impressed
1: by this company. It was really, really neat. Now if we could get all the grocery stores to do that. And the schools. Yes. (laughs) So I think that as you kind of think about life and you say, okay, so what is causing 39% of the population to have prediabetes or diabetes? You know, and the answer is pretty simple eating too many processed carbohydrates. You know, our body really only needs about a teaspoon or two a day to function of that glucose. Right. That's all it needs. That's it. So we don't need all these. So (sighs) you have to ask yourself Does my body need that Coke with 16 teaspoons of sugar? (sighs) Or that bagel with 14 teaspoons of sugar? Mm -hmm. Or the sub sandwich and a small bag of chips and a cookie? with 23 teaspoons of sugar for lunch yeah, or a hamburger and French fries and a medium Coke, guess what? 32 teaspoons of sugar. So it's time to take stock of what you're eating. And basically what we said, Celeste, you know, it's time to cut down on the carbohydrates. We have to do it. Yeah. And if that visual of the teaspoons of sugar doesn't hit home for you, I mean, think
0: of if your child would start spooning 32 teaspoons of sugar into their bowl of anything, oatmeal, would you would be screaming at them to knock it off. Then why are you going through a drive-thru and getting them that same amount of sugar in a little bag? So a better choice is going to be maybe a steak salad for lunch with half an avocado. That ends up to be four teaspoons of sugar. Perfect. It's very appropriate for your body. Give your body the chance to work the way it is supposed to work. So instead of having spaghetti and French bread... 25 teaspoons of sugar right there. How about some salmon, some broccoli, and winter squash with some real butter on it? Six teaspoons
1: of sugar. You know, one of the things that I've noticed with my grandchildren, they love salmon. Oh, that's so great. You know, it's just whatever
0: kids are introduced to, I think. I really, that's huge. You can't just assume they're not going to like something, introduce it, they'll typically eat it. So we've got veggies and butter as being the top number one choice for breakfast versus Cheerios, skim milk. So that would get you about 20 teaspoons of sugar, the cereal and milk, versus hardly anything for the eggs, veggies, and butter.
1: You know, I had a couple of scrambled eggs for breakfast and sliced tomatoes. Perfect. And, you know, a tomato has very, very little carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot of taste, especially the home-grown tomatoes. yum. So, you know, what we're trying to do today is we want you to realize that even if you have diabetes, you can eat well. What's wrong with salmon and a salad and butter on the... I mean, it's just, it's a great way of eating. Mm -hmm. And you can be satisfied with real food. And I think that's where a lot of people with diabetes get uh, trapped because they think that they're not going to be able to eat well because... You know, They think they have to eat low fat, and we're telling people, no, you eat healthy fat, yep. and it's going to taste good. So it's developing those simple habits of avoiding the processed food and just eating real food. Exactly. And that real food is real meat, real vegetables, and really good, healthy fat. And, you know, but as we know, because people love sugar, mm-hmm. they love these <laughs> processed carbohydrates... That it takes support yeah. and more education, more education and more education. have <laughs> yeah. to change your habits. You know we are so fortunate. We work with everyone that is doing this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I always say, everyone that works at nutritional weight and wellness are mellow people. Yep. I mean we have no <laughs> we have no anger issues at our office, right? Because yeah because We're every, eating regular every, food. Everybody's eating regular food and they're eating several times a day. Yeah. And that makes such a difference for people. It really does. So, you have your marathon tomorrow? Yep, pretty fired up and you've been training for it for a long time. Have, yeah. And you've been eating a lot of good food. Right? Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for listening today. <laughs> The opinions expressed
0: are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.